Welcome to another edition of the Kaiju Transmissions podcast. As always, I'm your host. My name's Kyle Bird. With me here is my co-host... Matt Parmley. Yes. Um, and this is a very special episode because we do have a very special guest here. Um, we have Linda Miller, who... Um, People listening would probably know the best is playing uh, Susan Watson in King Kong Escapes, uh, and she also had a bit part in uh, Toei's The Green Slime, um, and uh, we are going to talk about her uh, her career um, working in these Japanese science fiction films and uh, see what Linda's been up to, and we do have... Um, have this also as a piece to kind of promote Linda's appearance at the Chiller Convention. Um, it's in Parsippany, New Jersey, from August 27th through August 20... Or August? I went through a time machine. <laughs> October 27th through October 29th. Um, Linda will be there that weekend, so if you're in the area, go and say hi to her. Also, um, of interest to listeners, also uh, Carl Craig from Gamera versus. Virus will be there, as well as Linda Haynes, who uh, has been in a, a few um, cool things, but uh, interest to the listeners is uh, she had a big part in Latitude Zero. Um, so uh, we will uh, get um, going here uh, with Linda. Linda, how are you? Thank you so much for uh, taking time to join us. Uh, it's a real pleasure, a real honor to have you. Well, thank you. I'm excited to be here, and I'm happy that you asked me. Yeah, no, uh, we're 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 thrilled to have you. And um, uh, so, I think the best pa- place to start is at the beginning. I understand that uh, you um, was it a, a military base in Japan that you were were brought up on. Yeah, my dad. Um, when I was a senior in high school, he. Uh, well, really, when I was a junior, well, hold on. I ha- I was a sophomore, and then I skipped my junior year and went to my senior year uh, because I knew Dad was going overseas, and I didn't want to spend my last year overseas in high school. So anyway, uh, he was stationed in Japan, and after I graduated, we went over there, and he was at Tachikawa Air Force Base, and then at Fuchu Air Force Base, and we lived outside, um, kind of in the outskirts, at a like a subdivision called Grant Heights, which were you know all the military, not all the military, but a group of military families lived. It sounds like you got your kind of break, uh, at least with your um, stint with acting and, and being in uh, films over there. Uh, I understand yes. it was. Um, partially because you had a modeling career at that point. Um, Do you mind talking about just what your modeling work was like there and maybe how long you did it and what kind of modeling work you were doing at the time? Okay. Uh, The day after we arrived in Japan, um, I missed my high school graduation because the orders came in, we had to leave. And the day after we arrived, my dad told me that the girl I used to live next door to when I was like seven or eight years old in France was also, her dad was stationed there and she was having a graduation party. So uh, I went to the graduation party and I met this girl there who was uh, talking about how she made extra money modeling and how much fun it was. So I thought, well, gee, you know, I could probably do that. So I got the information from her 
and I went to, um, it's like a school, it, it was called Patricia Charm, which sounds kind of cheesy, but <laughs> that's what it was called, and uh, the gal that ran it was an ex uh, um airline stewardess who had moved to Japan, and she opened this up for foreigners, and she had a foreign um, modeling agency. And so I went there with the thoughts, oh, I'll learn how to put on makeup and, you know, learn how to walk and, you know, do all the modeling type things. And I was only there for a couple of weeks, and I got my first job. And then I got so busy with modeling that I never finished the class. Um, and... It just kind of happened. Awesome. Um, so switching roles from that, um, mm-hmm. how did you land the role in King Kong Escapes? Was it the modeling career got you, they discovered you that yes. way, or how did that happen? Yeah, it was exactly that's how it happened. Uh, I got there in 65, and I met, I guess I got a call early 67. So I had been modeling for two years, and uh, I did a... Uh, TV show, English TV show, uh, a daily show, and um, and I had a contract for a magazine called Jose Seven. Uh, Jose means girl, and seven was seven days a week, I guess. Uh, so I had a contract for the cover of that magazine, and what Arthur Rankin told me was he saw me on the cover, found out that I actually lived in Japan, and. And then he called me, and that's how that's how it all came about. Was because of my modeling career. Awesome. Um, so, had you had any experience with you know the original <laughs> King Kong film or any of the Toho oh. films before? You know, like when you heard about this movie and they were talking about, did you know anything about the character? No, I, I knew about King Kong from the Fay Ray movie in the '30s. I had seen that you know when I was a kid on TV, but. I worked all the time, so I really wasn't, um, I didn't really go to movies that much because I was always working. And so I didn't have any idea what the script was really going to be about until several conversations with um, with Arthur. But even then, until I actually got the script and read it, I wasn't really sure what I would be doing. So let's talk about maybe some of the difficulties that you would have faced, um, like because of language barrier. I mean, I'm not sure how good your Japanese is or was. Um, what what uh-huh. kind of issues that, did that cause on the set, if any? It really didn't cause me any issues. Um, my Japanese was pretty good at the time. Um, I mean, I couldn't talk religion or politics or anything, you know, deep, but I had no problems just talking conversational. And uh, but that wouldn't have mattered because they had a, a guy on the set named Henry Okawa who had lived in the States, and so he was like the go-between um, between Honda-san and the English-speaking actors. So even though I understood what Honda was saying, um, sometimes I didn't understand maybe the little nuances, and so it was really helpful that Henry was there. And, of course, for Rhodes, who spoke no English, I mean, no Japanese, uh, he was vital. So... It really wasn't that big of a problem. So working with uh, Shiro Honda, um, do you have any specific memories of his the, the way he would direct, uh, maybe stories you mm-hmm. can share with your interactions? Um, he was really gentle. Um, he was soft-spoken. He didn't really say a lot. And he was very, very gentle. But you, 
you you had the sense that he was in charge and uh, he had the respect of the whole crew and his word was the final word. And um, you could tell when he was happy and you could tell when he when you didn't do what he wanted you to do. Uh, but he he was very kind and, and just a sweet and gentle person. And I, I came to have the feeling as we, you know, as filming progressed and got towards the end of filming, almost like he was a father figure. You know, he, he was very, very sweet man. Switching gears a little bit to um, your co-stars, um, I wanted I well I wanted to talk to you a little bit about uh, Akira Takarada um, and uh, just um, what your working relationship was like with him. Um, I was at the G Fest a couple of years back where you were both guests, um, and I remember your Q and A. And you know, it it had yeah. it had really seemed like the two of you really enjoyed you know reuniting and. Uh, you know, you guys had a lot to say about, you know, the, the atmosphere on set between you you two and Rhodes. And, um, yeah, I just I was just hoping maybe uh, you could talk a little bit about, uh, for people who may not have heard any of that uh, that behind-the-scenes stuff or uh, or anything, just what, what was Takarada-san like uh, on the set and just what was your, uh, you know, working relationship with him and if there's any stories or, or anything you wanted to share about him. Okay. Um when I first got on the set, I was really afraid. And part of the reason, the, the most obvious reason was because I had never acted and I had no idea what I was doing. But then I was also really nervous because here was Rhodes Reason from the States, a seasoned actor. He wasn't uh, a megastar, but he was very well known and had done a lot of work. Uh, and then here you have Takarada-san, who was like, you know, the Clark Gable or whatever of, of Japan at the time. He just was so popular and and so well-loved by all the fans. So I come into that situation, and they could have very easily just looked at me and, you know, paid me no mind. But both of them were incredibly gracious. And uh, Takarata-san and I got along well because I could speak you know, good enough Japanese that in between takes, when we had scenes together in between takes, you know, we would talk and he told me about, you know, his family and kind of a little bit about himself, you know, details I can't remember now. But I just remember what a uh, comfort level I had with both of them. And the great thing was they both offered me um, tips on when I had a scene and I didn't know what to do or how to do it, you know, uh, Rhodes would help me in one respect and Takarada as well. And they, they just were really nice. I felt like everybody's little sister is what I <laughs> felt like. Um, <laughs> and it was a great feeling. I loved it. And, um, you know, I remember when we're in the, not the tower, but the, the top of the ship, and we're standing, uh, I forget what it's called when you're up on top, that, that little stack. Mm-hmm. And uh, he and I were up there in between takes and just chatting away. And and uh, it just was so friendly and, and non-stressful, the relationship. And I, I really I really liked him and I really liked Rhodes. And um, I really liked everybody on the film. They were just wonderful. Yeah. I, I was very grateful. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, and speaking of Rhodes, I was also at the G-Fest years 
prior to to the one with you and Takarada, uh, and um, he uh, uh, was um, very happy to be there. Um, and he also kind of mm-hmm. was saying the same things uh, that you were saying, and um, he he said that he and Takarada had become very good friends uh, <laughs> during the filming. Yes. Um, and uh, you know they would you know kind of have fun between takes and stuff. Um, so uh, I mean, just switching to Rhodes a little bit. What um, is there anything that you want to add to uh, how he was with you on set, and especially with the two of those guys? Um, what was it mm-hmm. like, kind of being between these two um, kind of well-known <laughs> actors who kind of had yeah. formed like a buddy system on the set? What, what what was that like working in that environment with those two? Well, and they really were buddies. That's not just Rhodes talking. They really were buddies. And um, the one conversation I remember that was hysterical, they were both talking about when they went to the bathhouse and uh, Rhodes had never been. And so they were, I don't remember details, but they were talking and they had everybody in stitches. And uh, you could just tell there was uh, mutual respect and uh, a, a friendship between the two of them. And even though both of them were really macho guys and, uh, you know, they both wanted to be the star, I'm sure, there there wasn't one upsman uh, when they were together. And it, we all kind of worked cohesively. And it's, it's funny because I was looking at a picture of the three of us uh, one time and here's this really tall Rhodes, this really tall Takarada, and this short little American girl in the middle. And I just thought, that looks so weird, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, but um, Rhodes was, because of the language, um, really, he took me under his wing. And before every scene, we would, not every scene, but most scenes, we would talk about it and uh, he he like gave me acting lessons on the set, and um, I remember this one example. He told me he had to kiss one of the scenes in a movie he did. He had to kiss a woman that had bad breath and that he didn't particularly like, and he had to kiss her and act as if he was like in love with her. So he said, I, I just imagined that her lips were like a little rose, <laughs> and he just was kind of flamboyant that way, and. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, he was really, sometimes he was over the top. Um, But he became actually a family friend when I came back to, before I left, before he left. He said, when you come to L.A., because I had planned on an acting career. He says, when you come to L.A., give me a call and I'll connect you with an acting teacher and an agent and all that kind of stuff. So you never know when somebody says stuff like that, how sincere they are. So when we came to the States, I guess... He last time I saw him was maybe July of 67. And in February of 68, we came back to the States and we called him and he had us, um, my whole family over for dinner. And sure enough, he hooked me up with an acting uh, uh, coach and uh, introduced me to a couple agents. And um, he be he he did what he said he was going to do. And he, he became a, a good family friend for quite a few years. I read a lot about these Japanese movies and the ones that are really interesting are the ones that are co-productions with American companies where they'll bring in a lot of American actors and stuff. And a lot of the times you'll, you'll see that there's a lot of just confusion and distance between people. And I always felt like whenever I read any of you guys talking about King Kong escapes, 
there was a very kind of warm nostalgia and that everyone really kind of kind of clicked and and that's just very kind of rewarding as someone that really enjoys the movie to hear that you know all you guys were friends and um you know there was a playfulness on the set and you guys would do things off set and things like that that's just really rewarding for us the fans to hear about because you hear oh, a lot of behind awesome. the yeah you and you, you hear a lot of behind the scenes stories about well this actor you know he was used to being big in Hollywood and he's making these cheaper Japanese movies and they're all grumpy and you know it never <laughs> seemed like that with Rhodes or you or any of the of you guys on Escapes it sounds like everyone was just great friends and and just had a ball and and we did and uh, I think uh, when Rhodes first got there he didn't know quite what to expect but. Uh, he came to the set with a really positive attitude, and uh, he he didn't take it too serious, you know, but he did his job, and uh, he kind of rolled with the punches, and I think uh, I think it was a really good experience for him. He did a little bit of rewriting of the of the script in English because some of it was kind of awkward English. Yeah. and uh, of course, Honda-san didn't know, <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. or at least. <laughs> so, you know, uh, one of the scenes called for um, a water-sucking valve, and and Rhodes says, "I am not saying water-sucking valve." <laughs> so he changed changed the word, and 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 all was good. It was it was funny. Another thing is like I was, you know, I was I was kind of going through some old magazines and books and. Um, just to kind of like research a little bit before, uh, this podcast, but, um, uh, Rhodes, uh, said that at one point he had a, a favorite French restaurant in Japan and he set up, uh, he like rented out the restaurant for the, the cast and crew. Is that something you recall? Oh gosh, I had completely forgotten about that. Yeah. Rhodes liked his food. That's for sure. And Tokyo has awesome food of all kinds. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I forgot about that. Also, then Takarada did the same thing with a Chinese restaurant. And we had, like, really high-class Chinese food. So, you know, I was along for the ride. I was like, hey, this is great. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you were, what, 19, 20? You were very young, right? Uh, I was 19. Yeah. 19 and a half. Oh, man, that's, that's quite an experience. <laughs> oh, oh, Yes. You know, and and when you think about it, it could have been a horrible experience. Oh, yeah. It scarred me for life. (laughs) But it it was just the opposite. It was, you know, of course, the whole time I was in Japan, I felt like I was in, you know, Disneyland or something. Because I get there and kicking and screaming because I didn't want to go there. I wanted to go to Spain so I could go to the University of Madrid and become an interpreter. And so daddy gets orders to go to Japan instead. And I was really upset. And we get there and I felt instantly when we landed, I just felt so comfortable. And, uh, and then I started working right away. And it's almost like I felt like everything I touched was gold I mean, I, I don't think I'll ever have that period in my time again, in my life again, but I really um, I really cherish that time. I'm very grateful that I had it because everything was fantastic. Even I know there are bad things that happened, but, you know, they weren't that bad. Everything else was so mega good that uh, it, it was an experience of a lifetime. And then on top of that, 
I do King Kong escapes. So, <laughs> I mean, how much better can it get? <laughs> so, um, probably a fan favorite as far as villains go is Doctor Who, played by uh, Hideo Yamamoto. Oh, yeah. And, uh, I mean, he's, yeah, he, legendary actor, um, his characters are great. Do you have any memories that you could share about, you know, working alongside him? Because he, in that movie, he is, I don't know, he, there's so much charm and charisma there. I'm just kind of curious if you had any stories about him. I loved him. He was the most unique person I had ever met. He looked scary, and he was just a pussycat. He just was so nice. Uh, and he was funny, too. Uh, he had this thing, you know, in between scenes, if we were in the same scene or, or you know, close to each other in the, in the on the set, he'd come up and he'd talk and he had his cape on. And when he would go to leave, he'd twirl his cape around as he exited. And he just was a funny, funny guy. And he um, he befriended my mom and I because my mom was on the set with me every day. And he befriended my mom and I. And after. Uh, Kong wrapped. We he invited us to a play he was in called Fantasia, and uh, so we went to the play and we went backstage. And he just was a, kind of an odd guy, but odd in a really sweet way. I, I really liked him. I don't have any like earth-shattering stories other mm -hmm. than he just he was cool on the set because we didn't have that many scenes together. Right. Yeah. But when we did see each other, I really liked him. I really, really liked him. Um, and then as far as uh, cast, I guess one more person in that core cast. Uh, um, again, I don't think you had much, too much screen time with, uh, and I think yeah. it was coming off of uh, the James Bond movie at the time, was Mie Hama. <laughs> yes. Um, did yes. You, how, how did you work with her? Um, I, I feel like, with good reason, usually people want to ask you about... Uh, uh, Takarada and and Rhodes, um, yeah. but I, yeah, I'm not sure if I've ever heard you talk about what it was like uh, working with her. So, what was that like? <laughs> um, I um, uh, what's how can I say this? I was very aware that she was the James Bond girl, and I paid her her props, and I made sure that. I, when I was with her, that I deferred to her and showed her the respect that she was due. And there was really no interaction off the off camera between her and I, um, because she was like in, in a level way above where I was. And so um, there, there really was no, there was no chemistry between us and there was no real conversation that ever went on between us. Mm -hmm. It's like once... You know, uh, director said cut, then she went her way and I went my way. I mean, n not nastily, it's just we didn't really seem to have a whole lot in common. Sure. sure. Not like with the guys. Right, you know? right. I would say she just probably wondered, what the heck is this girl doing here? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what she thought. I was just going to say I was a little starstruck when I, I met her, so I was a little uh, shy. Yeah, that's definitely understandable. I think uh, anybody, I mean, if I was meeting somebody like that I, and working alongside them, I would have been the same way. I, can, I can't even imagine. Uh, did you ever yeah, have a chance to yeah. meet um, producer Tanaka at all? I'm sure I did, but I don't remember. Um, 
I say I'm sure I did because there were guys around there all the time. I mean, Arthur was there, and um, sometimes Arthur was there. And I, I'm sure that I did. Oh, absolutely I did. I've got a picture of him and um, Hamamiya and Rhodes, and I, not Rhodes, um, uh, Arthur and I at a dinner. Yeah. Yeah, I met him. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Well, um, I know it sounds like Arthur is the one that kind of, um, you know, got you into it. But uh, were, yes. were uh, Arthur uh, or Jules Bass, uh, were they around the set a lot? Um, did you have a lot of interaction with them beyond those kind of very casual encounters? Um, I never met Jules Bass. Um, if he was around, I did not know it. Mm-hmm. Um, before we started filming, Arthur and I met several times for dinner and then he introduced me to a Japanese friend of his that was a girl. I don't know if she was a girlfriend or what. And uh, she took me under her wing and took me to the hairdresser and dyed my hair blonde, which I was mortified. Um, and so before production, Arthur was more... Um, during pre-production, Arthur was was around more, and then as we were filming, there were a couple times he came in, and you know, uh, we got together then. So I, I had um, s- some encounters with him, and you know, um, but none. I I never met Jules Bass. Okay. So. Um, obviously, this is a special effects film. You're working on shooting on locations yeah. in some cases. Did you ever see any of these special effects sets at all? Uh, well, I, th- what I saw was like King Kong's hand behind the blue screen or in front of the blue screen. I saw uh, when I'm supposed to be climbing up uh, Tokyo Tower, then that was in front of a blue screen. Uh, they had like scaffolding that looked like the tower. And then uh, one day I wandered around the lot and uh, they said, do you want to go and see where we're shooting the special effects? And I said, yeah. So they took me to this big sound stage and they had the whole jungle scene there, the one where uh, they uh, take King Kong to the island and then they, you know, or he's on the island and they, they uh, medicate him or what do you call it when they shoot a dart anyway? And, uh, and the helicopter takes them up in the air. So they took me there, and I actually saw the little teeny helicopters on remote control. <laughs> That's awesome. It, it was. It was really awesome. And the jungles with everything was such perfection in terms of scale. And if you really like, you know, because it was on kind of a platform probably about waist high. And if you scooch down and, and looked at it, you could really get the feeling that you were actually in a real jungle. And you were actually among all these trees. And there's the little helicopters coming in. It was phenomenal. I was very impressed. I thought, man, who, who would have ever have thought of this? <laughs> and, then ex- and then able to execute it. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So it, you it didn't get really- to visit the miniature Tokyo at all. No, I didn't get uh, to the because that, that's that. My, that's probably my favorite set in the in the. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, sorry, it was it was just the jungle scene. Did you have any any uh, interaction with uh, Nakajima-san or Subaraya-san? Well, with Nakajima-san, no. 
except when Arthur was there one day, they, um, I guess I was on my way home, and somebody grabbed me and said, come here, come here, I want you to meet somebody. And that's when uh, um, I actually met him in his King Kong suit w with Rhodes and uh, Arthur. And that was the first time I actually met him. I don't think I ever met him when he was not in his suit. Or if I did, I didn't recognize him, you know. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so, um, oh, what's the special effects guy, Suba? Suba Ray. Yeah. I, I think I met him, but on that, that day that I was there, but I'm not sure. Okay. I'm not sure. Um, well, speaking of the jungle scenes and, and stuff, uh, I know that you did some location shooting on, I believe, yes. Oshima Island. Um, yes. What was that location like? Uh, and, um, you know, what, did you get to do anything uh, on the island besides that? What, what, what was Oshima Island like? Oshima Island was uh, pretty cool. Uh, we didn't get to do anything because we... Uh, would shoot all day, come back to the hotel, eat dinner, go to bed, get up, shoot all day. Um, but uh, we stayed at a, which was a real treat for Rhodes, we stayed at a traditional Japanese hotel and uh, slept on, you know, tatami mats and on food bonds. And uh, they had the best food you have ever eaten. Um, they would catch the fish and right from the sea and fresh vegetables and cook it right in front of you. So every night after we would get done, come back to the hotel, we were uh, we were just treated to the best meal you could possibly want. Um, but we actually did not do anything because there just wasn't time. Mm -hmm. um, we just were there to do a job. And, and so we did what we were supposed to do. How many months uh, did you actually shoot for? I think it was two full months. Let's see. We started either in May or June, and I think it was sometime in July when it wrapped. So it was either two, maybe three, but I'm thinking more like two. And I was so sorry when we wrapped. <laughs> I really yeah. liked, like, by the end of the film, I really liked acting. <laughs> <laughs> um, so speaking of the finished product, the, the, the film itself, um, I know there's a story behind the dubbing. Oh, I know, I've, yeah. I've heard, I've heard, I actually listened to an interview uh, that you did. I don't remember who it was with now, but I know you mentioned in that interview, uh, you were not a fan of the voice use. And I think that was, uh, was it Julie Bennett or Bennett? I'm mm -hmm. not sure. Yeah. Um, so how did you, I mean, is there a reason why you weren't able to dub yourself? Because I believe Rhodes dubbed himself, if I'm not mistaken. It's called Screen Actors Guild Contract. I was not a member of SAG. I didn't even know what SAG was. And um, if I had been, then um, Arthur would have had to flown me back to L.A., let me dub the film, put me up, let me dub the film, and fly me back to Japan. I don't know. I can't speak for him other than I'm thinking it's probably mon monetary considerations, although I'm sure Julie Bennett was not cheap. Uh, but I just hated that voice. <laughs> and, and because of that, I never told anybody, um, you know, my friends that I have now, no one knew I even made a movie because I, it, it embarrassed me. I, it I mean, my acting <laughs> was not that great. And then to have that stupid voice on top of it, it just, 
It was embarrassing. I, I really, I, if I had seen um, Arthur again, I would have, I would have told him what I thought. <laughs> so, I, I just, you should know. I mean, King Kong Escapes is uh, certainly a fan favorite. Um, I mean, it's, it's, one, it's certainly one of my favorite Toho films. Um, and the voice, like for me, it doesn't. It's, I don't know. I, I, ne- I guess I never realized it. It wasn't you. Yeah, so, like, yeah. It doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't well, really bother I, me that much. I it, I didn't realize it until the the first time something was up with me. Uh, I didn't catch it the first time I saw it or anything, but it was when um, it might have been a scene where you were in a scene with uh, Miehama, but uh-huh. I noticed that you had the same voice. And I was like, okay, this isn't right. <laughs> oh, because 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 Julie vo- did all the female uh, dialogue, and yeah. I don't, and I I think the maybe the first few times it might not have clicked because I think there was maybe some different mm-hmm. tones, but it mu- I think it was a scene where you know maybe the tone was very similar, and I was like, wait a minute, that's the same person. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. Then, and then yeah, and then later once you started doing interviews about the movie, I was like, okay, well. Well, that makes that sense. explains yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, part of me, I thought, well, gee, was my voice so bad they didn't want to use it, you know? And I thought, even if that were the case, and it may have been the case, it couldn't have been worse than what she did. <laughs> <laughs> you know, at least in my opinion. Um. So aside from being appalled by the the dubbing uh over your yeah. voice um what were what was your reaction outside of that when you first saw the movie um i asked because um i was reading an older interview with Rhodes, and uh i don't want to say he was grumpy but he was just very matter of fact about i knew i yeah. was gonna be in this you know cheap kids movie and blah blah yeah. blah yeah. and then later on in his life um uh, in different interviews and also at his appearance at G Fest, um, you know, he seemed like he, he said something along the lines of, "It's a kids' movie, and I feel like the older I've gotten, the more I've become like a big kid. So I've been able to oh. like enjoy it a lot more." And um, and he was very gracious and 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 blown away by the fan reaction at uh, G Fest when he was at the convention. So, did you have a kind of a, a more visceral? Um, reaction to it when you saw it or were you kind of um you know kind of like okay i see what they're going for here well you know when i saw it i i didn't think it was an academy award winning movie or anything i thought it was a nice movie for kids is what Mm -hmm. i thought uh but it's funny about getting older because um you know just like rose the older you get the more appreciation you have for people appreciating you, you know, and um, I don't know, there's just, this has been my experience, you know, for so many years, I never spoke about King Kong Escapes, and then Brett calls me out of the blue and resurrects this whole time in my life, and it's like, there's such a sense of um, awe mm-hmm. and, and gratitude and appreciation for uh, the fans, you know, it's like, part of me thinks, are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> After all these years, do you still like this movie? Yeah. And, uh, uh, and, and the same token, I'm just like thrilled to death, you know, and I think, I think the older you get and, um, the more meaning 
uh, some things have for you, you know. Yeah. That's your heart. Yeah, and it's as someone that grew up watching these movies as a kid and, you know, reading about them, you know, growing up, I've seen a lot mm-hmm. of the time, you know, you'll have these actors that'll take these sci-fi movies or these B-movies or whatever, and at the time yeah. that they're in them, they're just kind of like, oh, it's just a silly thing, and then... Um, and then they either start to have kids or grandkids that, that they show <laughs> yeah. them to, or uh, or they go to the conventions. Like I said, I I think um, I think being there myself, I could tell Rhodes was very blown away by just how many people. I'm so, so happy for that. Yeah, he was just blown away by how many people this you know thing he just did as a professional that he thought was kind of just a silly job. I'll go to Japan uh, and, you know, go on a nice vacation and and (laughs) make some money. And he, he was really impressed and just blown away by how, how this movie was enjoyed by so many people of so many different um, backgrounds and different age groups. Um, Mm -hmm. And I know you just, uh, just recently started doing the convention thing, but did you have a similar reaction and just being, I know you said Brett, uh, I'm assuming you mean Brett, Brett Hominick. Um, yes. Yeah, yes. he kind of found you. And when you found yes, out that he, the movie had such a big following, did you have a similar reaction? I I, I was astonished. And he said, I've been looking for you. And I said, why? <laughs> <laughs> why? What did I do? <laughs> and uh, so then he told me, I said, you're kidding. He said, no, we've been looking for you. King Kong. I, I, I It was surreal, you know. And... Uh, it still is kind of surreal. And when I went to my first convention, I remember telling Jim, you know, I, I hope one person wants my autograph. You know, I was really concerned I'd go there. Nobody would want my autograph and I would be embarrassed to death. And uh, so when I got there and the fans are just so, so sweet and so loving and so thrilled to uh actually meet you and and talk to you and take a picture with you and it 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 really touched my heart and Mm -hmm. i uh, and so i love the conventions because i love being with the fans i mean i haven't i have not had one bad experience and um just they're also i hate to say nice but that's what they are they're just also nice and so appreciative of the movie and fans of the movie. And they probably know more about King Kong escapes and all the, the, the backstories than I do. You know? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, Matt and I here, we've talked a lot on this podcast, uh, about how, you know, for us as fans going to the convention, it's not about, you know, it, it for, for, for us anyway, um, it's, it's, very much about, you know, I know that you guys are sitting there and you're going through the autograph lines and it's like, you're not going to remember me. You don't remember me from that convention Uh-oh. a few years ago, but I definitely remember coming up to you and saying, hey, thank you for uh, yeah. being in this movie that I love. And I have a picture with you. And actually one of my prized <laughs> possessions, I, I need to get a frame for it, but um, it's, oh uh, it's, a, it's an eight by 10 that you, you signed it, um, Rhodes signed it. Um, uh, Takarada signed it and Nakajima signed it. Um, and Holy yeah, and uh, unfortunately, you know, Rhodes and, and Nakajima have, have passed yes. away. Um, and, uh, yes. you know, it, that's just something that for me, it's great to have, you know, one of my favorite movies and I have mm-hmm. this image signed by, you know, the entire main cast, including Kong. 
And, you know, it's, it's just really rewarding for us just to come up to you and say thank yeah. you, you know. And you know what? Uh, as rewarding as it is for you guys, it is as rewarding for us. And uh, that's why I like doing it, because it's like I get love. And then I give it back to you, and you guys give it back to me, and then I give it back to you. It's just <laughs> such a uh, enjoyable and and wonderful experience. Yeah. Do you know the story of how Brett found me? No. Yeah, I, I was gonna. Yeah, I kind of wanted to ask that because um, I remember like reading some pieces in uh, some magazines or books where you know they'll they'll talk to different cast and crew uh, of King Kong Escapes and yeah. a couple of them have been like we we Linda Miller we have not been able to find uh and um I, there was one that I think uh I think the actor Robert Dunham uh who was in Japan around the same time And I have no idea who he is <laughs> <laughs> Supposedly, I dated him, but I don't know him. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I actually just saw something where he said that he he had been seeing you, but that I don't know. He was a like kind of like the go-to uh, American actor in a lot of these Japanese sci-fi movies at the time. A lot of like bit yeah. roles. Um, but he said that he heard you were singing in Vegas at one point, or uh, <laughs> and someone said that uh, they, they heard you were doing real estate. So so between when oh, you were wow. Acting in these movies, and now um, after you know you were you were found and you know kind of got into the oh. convention circuit. What have you been doing? And yeah, how did Brett find you? Okay, let me start with how Brett found me. When I did King Kong Escapes, I met an actor, Natsuki Yosuke, and um, we started dating. And we dated from King Kong Escapes until I left. Uh, come back to the States. And then I went back in the summer to see him and we stayed in touch for several years. And, um, he was like, he was my first love. And so, <laughs> but here's Brett in Japan with Natsuki. And somehow the conversation got on King Kong escapes. And he said, yeah, I've been, you know, trying to find this person. And Natsuki says, well, wait a minute. I know her full name. It's Linda Joe Miller. And that's how he found me, by looking up <laughs> Linda Joe Miller. So when he called on the phone, he said, hi, my name is Brett, and I'm calling you from Tokyo or Japan. I don't remember which. And I said, oh, my gosh, I used to live in Japan. He says, I know. And then he said, I said, how did you find me? And he said, Natsuki. And the minute he said Natsuki, I thought, okay, cool. I'll talk to the guy. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how that's how he found me is just uh, a coincidence because – there must be thousands of Linda Millers in the United yeah, States yeah. alone. And uh, Nasuki is also, you know, he has a history with, with those movies as well. He was, yes, uh, yes. yeah, he was the detective in Ghidorah. He was in Dogura, uh -huh. Godzilla, 1984. So anyone listening, that's a name that will probably uh, ring ring a few bells out there. Um, but no, that's 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 pretty funny that... Uh, that... Yeah. <laughs> so, so the cool thing is, uh, I hadn't seen Nasuki in 50 years. I guess 60... 67. It wasn't quite 50 years, but it was close, 47, something like that. And I always kind of wanted to see him one last time before I died, you know. Mm -hmm. 
And so King Kong, this King Kong thing happens in October. I go to my first convention. And then Jim calls and says, do you want to go to Japan in January? I said, oh, my God, yes. <laughs> so I had an opportunity to do some conventions over there. And I got to uh, reconnect with Natsuki. And it was it was really cool. Nice, so, nice. Yes, it was very nice. So I'm, uh, Brett is has a special place in my heart because of that. <laughs> That's very cool. Um, yeah. And, uh, but I never was a singer in Vegas. If you ever heard me <laughs> sing, <laughs> you would say, oh, Vegas was spared. All right. So, um, so not, Robert Dunham thought that he dated you and that you sang in Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, it must have been another Linda Miller. <laughs> that's, uh, that, that's that other one, you know. You're right, uh, right. I don't know who Robert Dunham is. Maybe if I saw a picture of him, I might know who he was. But I know I never dated him because I remember the names of the guys I dated. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I'd hope so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, I, when I came back in 68, to, I went to L.A. and I got into acting. And I really loved it. And I could see that I was growing and getting better. Uh and I did one, My Three Sons, and I got my SAG card because of that. And um, But I just did not, you know, Japan and L.A. are totally different. Mm-hmm. My experience in Japan was I was always somebody's little sister uh, or, you know, little daughter that they took under their wing. You know, I, I never had anybody come on to me or uh, any awkward situations and then i come to la and holy cow uh, (laughs) whoa i just was very uncomfortable with the culture uh because because of the time that i spent in japan the fact that i love japanese uh culture so much i had more of a reserved nature and uh and and when i came back to la uh, I mean, that was when, you know, the hippie movement was going on. The girls weren't wearing bras. Uh, guys were burning their draft cards. And I was like, I have come back to an insane asylum. Uh, <laughs> it, was, it was so different than what I was used to. Um, but I just found that the uh, business of acting, I just wasn't, I didn't know how to handle it. I wasn't mature enough. And I just had the good sense to realize that I needed to get out before I got, I guess, destroyed is what mm-hmm. I felt. That's what I felt. I don't know if being a little dramatic, but I I felt that I, I needed to protect myself. So I got out of acting, even though I loved acting. And then, uh, then, then what I do? And then, you know, I did secretarial work. And in 73, no, 77, Uh, I got into mortgages and I became a mortgage broker and opened up my own company. And I did that until I left L.A. in 94. And then I left L.A. and I came to Virginia in 94. uh, Or I went to Oklahoma in 94 and then Virginia in 95 and stayed in the mortgage business. And then in 2001, uh, I uh, got into the building. And so what I do now is... My partner builds, and I do floor plans and designing, and you know contracts and all all the business end of it. And he does all the hard work part. 
And so that's what I'm doing now. Okay. In between going to conventions. <laughs> <laughs> um, to circle back to what you said about working in LA, I, I, it did sound, it does sound dramatic, but I don't think it was, sounded too off base because you know even today you still hear about how competitive it is, and you know you hear a lot about you know yeah. the the that there are you know sleazier sides and and you know <laughs> yeah, a lot of yeah. struggles especially for young actresses so i mean if yeah you're, if you're coming from this pleasant you know time in japan <laughs> and you come back and you to that you know i i wouldn't i i probably would have done the same thing and said you know it's not for me you know it doesn't mean yeah. it's you know i'm there's obviously a lot of people where you know it, it works for them but yeah it doesn't sound like you know the kind of thing that's for everybody well you know I'm an only child, and um, my parents were very protective, and I didn't know all this at the time, but I understand it now. And uh, so I was in Japan and went right along with how I was brought up, and then I come back here, and I just, I was immature. Even though I was 20 when we came back, I felt like I was a very young 20, and I hadn't had the experiences of knowing how to deal with certain awkward situations, but also, too, I didn't really know who I was. Uh, I didn't have a strong sense of me as a person. And I don't know why, grace of God or whatever, but I just felt that I was going to get swallowed up if if I stayed in that environment um, because I, I felt like I was in trouble, you know, um, yeah. and that's why I got out. I mean, I didn't do anything to be in trouble, but I just felt overwhelmed. And, uh, you know, it's, you know, you're young, you're pretty, you're, you know, uh, you're sought after, you think, for your talent, and you're sought after for something else. And, you know, I didn't have a big brother to go beat anybody up. (laughs) You know, (laughs) the story we told on our Transformers episode, but like Michael Bay famously Uh had his the actresses like wash his car in their bikinis as their oh, audition. <laughs> so, like, trust me when I say we, we yeah. understand, like we understand yeah. what you're saying. <laughs> no, I, I, I just was throwing up. <laughs> um, yeah. But, uh, I, I do want to segue back into, do, do you have any, um, memories of the green slime? I know. I, I think oh, yeah. you had a smaller part in that film, but do you have any any memories of working with like Luciana Paluzzi, who was a, you know she was a Bond girl? Um, did you ever get yeah, to? Yeah, that's right. I have a thing for Bond girls, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I never intended to be in the movie. I um, uh, Toei Studios was very close to Grant Heights, where I lived. And um, I can't remember. I had a friend. I don't remember who she is. I don't remember what she looks like. But she said, come on, let's go over there. They're making a movie, and I'm going to be in it. I said, okay. So we get there, and somehow I also wind up in the movie, you know. And I thought, oh, what the heck? I'm not doing anything. You know, we've wrapped on King Kong, and I'm kind of bored. No, this will be fun. So I had no intentions of making that film at all. And um I'll tell you, there was a different atmosphere on that set than there was on the Kong set, um, in the sense that our, our set was warm and uh, funny and playful, and uh, I got the impression 
from Robert Horton, I think, yep. um, and Luciana, that they were one of those, and I may be wrong, so if I'm wrong, I apologize to you guys right now, but I had the sense that they were one of those uh, Hollywood actors that were there and thinking nobody was ever going to see this movie and they'll get a free vacation and oh my god what a stupid film like i just now, like I, like we talked about a few yes, minutes ago yes. but but richard jackal was a totally different situation he was just cues a button and he was friendly and jovial made everybody laugh and um yeah i really liked him the the other two were standoffish and kind of sour yeah whereas he he he, he was cool yeah. And uh, yeah, so I mean, I remember doing. I mean, I didn't have much to do, and I just kind of was like, you know, oh, you background. Know, you know what just clicked with me? And this is probably what? Robert Dunham was in the Green Slime. He, he was. So yeah. you probably oh, met was. him at some point. <laughs> Maybe he was my dance partner. He could have been. It's that been sounds a while. like something very Robert Dunham-y. Yeah, I, I, I haven't watched the film in a while. I do really like that movie, though. But, uh, but yeah, you I don't, do. Yeah, yeah. Don't ask me why. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, no. Uh, so I don't know how that got turned into you dated him. But yeah, you you you've met him. I'll at least confirm that, Linda. Um, okay. Okay. Well, <laughs> uh, Jack Rankin. I don't. We did, we, we did date in the movie. So, <laughs> uh, sorry. Robert Horton was was uh, Jack Rankin, and then Robert Dunham played uh, Cap the Captain, Captain Martin. So, I don't know. Uh, I don't. I'd have to see the film again because I don't recall. Um. I just remember and the reason I remember the dance scene is because a friend of mine uh, uh, videotaped it, um, uh, DVR'd it on TV, and when I went down to visit him. He got it out, and he had fast-forwarded it to the uh, dance scene, and that's the only reason I remember <laughs> that particular scene. Um, he said, you're chummy with that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I said, it's my job, man. It's my job. <laughs> um, that movie, uh, my own goofy affection for it aside, uh, was, was directed by yeah. Kinji Fukusaku, who... Not sure if it shows in the green slime. Uh, is actually um, went on to be a, a revered director of you know gangster movies and and uh, oh. and some more serious uh, Japanese movies. Um, he directed Tora Tora Tora. Yes, I mean. Tora Tora Tora. Um, oh really? Yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah. So. Um, Ski was in that too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you have any memories of him? I understand, um, you know, you might not have had much interaction with him, uh, or, or were your scenes just kind of being, you know, more of a background player? Were, were they more, um, you know, taking guidance from second yeah. unit and stuff like that? Pro- probably, because I don't remember him mm-hmm. at all. Um, I guess because I was young. <laughs> uh, I I didn't know, uh, how, do I, how do I say this? It's like, all these amazing things were happening around me, and I didn't know it. I just was having fun, sure. <laughs> and I didn't, and I didn't know. Oh, he's an amazing director. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, so um, I, I wasn't like a serious hard nose. I'm going to have a career, you yeah. know. I just was enjoying myself. Yeah, um, oh. and uh, do you remember what kind of the setups or the takes were with any of the the special effects shots or any of the shots with the little green slime monsters? Yeah, 
I remember one scene where they have all those little antennas coming out, you know, mm -hmm. those arms or whatever. And uh, uh, the guys, you know, the monsters in front and the guys are in back uh, pushing and pulling them, you know, uh, which you can't see obviously, because you're not supposed to see it. But I, I just remember, and I remember thinking, that doesn't look very realistic. <laughs> okay. Um, but, you know, hey. <laughs> it still doesn't look very realistic, I will say. <laughs> well, neither does the Kongsu, but I love the Kongsu from King Kong Escapes. <laughs> it's, a little, it's a little goofier, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah. it's hard not to like it, in a way. Um, well, yeah, when you look at it with, um, I don't know, when you're not looking at it critically, you're just looking at it to really enjoy what it's meant to be enjoyed for, then yes, I mm -hmm. agree. Um, well, uh, I, it definitely seems like through the convention and fan experience, you, you have kind of... Um, either rekindled or found like a, a new found appreciation for, for these, uh, for these yes. movies. Um, have you had a chance to yes. see any of the more recent stuff? Like, uh, I mean, we just had a new King Kong movie this year. I saw Skull Island. Yeah. How did um, you, and I know the director of that is a big fan of, of your film of King Kong escapes. Um, how did you, how, what did you think of Skull Island? Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's pretty active on Twitter. Um, and, uh, and, uh, is that uh, Andrew somebody? Um, that's uh, no. uh, Jordan Vote Roberts. Um, but yeah, he likes that movie a lot. And then the director who's doing the Godzilla vs. Kong movie coming out um, a few months ago, uh, he's been very active on Twitter also. And a few months ago, he was saying, uh, I'm watching King Kong Escapes right now. And he was talking about how much he loved the art direction and the matte painting. So, yes. Um, yes. So, uh, yeah, I mean, those are two, you know mainstream directors now that really love your film um what did you think of skull island isn't that cool that is so cool <laughs> I, saw, I saw skull island and i loved it i it was just loved it when, oh yeah what well, the thing i loved about it it was kong was the hero again mm -hmm. you know it's not the villain when i saw the one with jessica lang it just left me flat because my kong was the hero and a sweet guy yeah. well you know <laughs> unless you were attacking him then he was ferocious yeah but i had the same feeling on skull island and i loved that movie yeah and, i just um... was scared and when samuel jackson got his i was so happy <laughs> <laughs> Matt and I attended a, uh, a screening of Skull Island in Chicago where the director was there, and he was saying that, um, what you said, you know, they, they want to bring Kong back to being a majestic kind of hero. Yes. Um, and yes. uh, and he, he said that, you know, that's that's a deliberate influence from, from the Toho King Kong movies. So, um, I'm so, so happy to hear that. Yeah, I'm so, so in addition to just being able to see how, you know, this little movie you did back in the 60s, has mm -hmm. not only did you discover it has a big cult following but you know these multi-million dollar blockbusters are made by people yeah. who watched it as a kid and are trying to bring back some of that so it still has legs linda and i know. know and you know what when when you're at the conventions and you see you know I, I guys i assume that are your age and then they bring their kids and their kids are just as much a fan. And I look at that and I think, this is never going to die. Yeah. <laughs> you know, be passed on to generate. I may die, but, but King Kong Escapes will live on forever, you know. 
My and son that, is three, and like he loves he loves all things monsters, Ultraman, Godzilla, King Kong. Like he yeah, loves. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, and I I think that's really sweet. So that uh, that's a very nice thing to be a part of, knowing that it's going to live on. No, I mean, uh, it's it it definitely does, and the movie. Uh, I mean. It's still very fun, very charming. Um, yeah. And, I mean, like Matt just said, I mean, the parents of these fans are making new fans. And, uh, yeah. So, yeah, it, it's a movie that will be appreciated. And, I mean, for, for someone who only has two feature film credits, King Kong Escapes, and yes, even The Green Slime are both movies <laughs> that um, uh, still get talked about i mean green slime has a blu-ray release coming out soon um yeah so i mean for for someone who's only had two japanese sci-fi movies you were in two that are are widely enjoyed um and uh that that's got to be gratifying it's uh it's very gratifying and it's puzzling and uh, i just had to think maybe (laughs) maybe god had a hand in, in in it even way back then you know yeah um, well, I, I don't have much left to add. Uh, Matt, were there any questions or anything that, uh, that you had for Linda before we wrap up? Is there anything that you wanted to, to mention that we didn't ask or, or, or talk about? Ooh. Linda, This is, you know, free form. So if there's something you wanted to share, we're, we're certainly happy to have it. Well, I, I do want to thank the fans because, um, I've said this before and I'll say it again. I'll say it now, and I'll say it again, and I'll say it every time I have opportunity. Uh, I want to thank the fans because uh, us guys are where we are because of the fans, and we know it, and we appreciate it. And, you know, as thrilled as uh, the fans are, we are equally thrilled to meet the fans. And I'm I'm very uh, appreciative of that because, especially at my age and this time of my life, you don't expect to have this kind of wonderful experience, you know? Yeah. So I'm, I'm looking forward, um, at Chiller to meet as many of the fans as I can. And some of them that I've met before, I feel like there, there are a couple that, um, I've seen on a regular basis that just kind of beginning to feel like family, you know? Mm -hmm. And I, I just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you're, you're probably still, uh, every now and then, uh, in disbelief that we exist, <laughs> but we exactly. are out there. <laughs> That's uh, a good word. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and no, we really appreciate, um, you coming out and, uh, I mean, it's an, you haven't been in the m- movie business in decades and, you know, you do other things and it's, it's great for you to take time out of your life to, to come in and, and meet us and sign things. Um, and yeah, Chiller, that's in Parsippany, yeah. New Jersey, October 27th through 29th. So if you're in the area, please uh, give Linda a visit. Um, Can I say uh, one thing? Yeah, go yeah. ahead, Linda. Okay, I just wanted to say that um, I've got a fan page, and I try, between Jim and Tim Bean and myself, we try to keep it updated and uh, adding pictures from time to time. So anybody who would like to go there and um, King Kong Escapes fan page and uh, like it, I would I would really appreciate it. Yeah, that's the Linda Miller King Kong Escapes fan page uh, on Facebook. Um, and yeah, yes. every now and then you guys are posting some cool behind-the-scenes photos and stuff. Um, and of course, you can also find out about uh, if Linda's coming to a convention near you in the future. That's always yes. a, a good place to look. Yes. 
Well, thank you so much for coming on. We, we really do appreciate it. Uh, as a huge fan of the film, like I, I love it whenever I can meet someone who's been in the film industry, but especially for a movie that's so close to my heart, like I, I appreciate the fact that you've come on and, and given your time to us. And uh, enjoy Chiller. I'm sure that'll be a lot of fun. Yes, and, and I, I appreciate you guys asking me to come on, and I've had a wonderful time, so no, thank you. Yeah, no, this was a lot of fun, and I mean, I just... To echo what Matt says, I mean, I first saw King Kong Escapes when I was in, like, maybe fourth grade. I'm 32 now, and it's still a movie that I, I watch uh, and enjoy just as much as I always have. And, yeah, it's been a real pleasure to have you here, and uh, it was a lot of fun. So, yeah, thanks a lot, Linda. You're welcome. Thanks for listening, everybody, and um, have a good night.